You can't have a sustainable business in an unsustainable world. So we're facing all these major challenges, whether it be water scarcity issues, climate change, ocean plastics, social inequality, global supply chains that impose all kinds of risks. We need to understand all of those issues at a deep enough level to really reflect on them and understand what it means Mm. for the value proposition of our company. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me again. I hope you're all having a great week. A little while ago, we had a guest, Kevin Brady, and it was a really fun episode. And Kevin Kevin is a corporate and product sustainability expert specializing in improving organizations' environmental, social, and financial performance. He founded the Sustainable Enterprise Consulting, and they help Fortune and Global 500 companies in a variety of industries, mining, energy, consumer goods, transportation, retail, etc., He's written a number of books and reports about uh, sustainability, and uh, he's also an adjunct professor at Carleton uh, University School of Industrial Design. Last time, we were talking about sustainability at the product level. Kevin also has a lot of experience and things to share about corporate strategy. So uh, I asked him if he'd come back, and he said he would, and here he is. So, Kevin, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Paul. Pleased to be here. Yeah, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, you know a sunny spring day here in yeah. the Ottawa Valley, so everything's good. Good, good. That's great. That's great. Well, you know, let's let's just start there, Kevin. When you when you think about even the word corporate strategy, what does that mean? So what I'm talking about, it, I'm talking about it in the context of sustainability. So integrating environmental, social, broader-based cost considerations into your strategic planning, ensuring you have the governance procedures in place and accountability in place to drive performance forward. And the strategic element is, you know, being driven by a lot of different things. So modern enterprise today is facing pressure to improve its performance uh, on environmental and social issues yeah. and to be transparent on how they're, how they're governing that and reporting on that. And that pressure is coming from regulators, which varies depending on the jurisdiction you're in, much stronger in Europe perhaps than it is in North America, but it's also coming from investors. Yeah. So the securities regulators are now coming in and looking at this issue and as companies start to talk about their performance, they want to make sure that companies are identifying and managing and reporting on their material risks related to environmental social issues in a fair way for investors. So the, that that's a big change over you know the early days of doing this work where capital now cares, right? They see yeah. A company that that integrates environmental social considerations into their strategic planning processes and then cascades that into the identification of the most uh, important priorities and, and risks and opportunities, they see that as an indicator of a well-managed company. 
you know, we always had some socially responsible investing, but now there's trillions of dollars of asset under management looking at these issues. Other pressures are coming from the companies themselves. If they want to be a leader and they're saying, hey, we are a leader in our sector, having the right approach to sustainability issues is an indicator of that leadership and they need to be able to demonstrate it. Uh, it's coming from employees and new recruits who want to work for companies that are responsible and they're not uh, causing environmental damage and are doing the right things around social performance. So that's things like human rights and paying a fair wage and health and safety and community issues, uh, partnerships with indigenous companies, that sort of thing. And, you know, it, it's, it's coming from customers. It's coming from suppliers. Uh, so there's a broad range of things that are pushing companies to look at these issues in their strategy. Yeah. There is some variation, I, I have to say, in terms of whether it's a new company with a you know, new technology and a new solution that's coming to market versus a well-established company that's trying to, you know, make a, a change in how they approach these issues. You know, we're seeing the same thing. We work primarily with larger established companies, but they they are really now as part of their governance process for new products and portfolio, their portfolios, they're including actual sustainability criteria. So when you start early on, you don't know much about it. Maybe you got a scorecard. Hey, one to 10, the sustainability aspects of, of let's say, uh, waste or energy or carbon emission or what have you. And as you get later down the path where you get some real numbers or you get confidence that you can objectively quantify it, include those in your, your governance and decision making. So we're seeing it as well. Uh, I love your expression. It's a super expression. Capital now cares. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, I've been working in this space for 30 years and it, it's a big difference. And, you know, when you're an investor, your major investor is saying, you know, what are you doing about climate change? Are you sure you don't have human rights violations in your supply chain? Are you taking into account risks related to uh, new technology development or opportunities related to new technology development? Do you track the policy regulatory climate to ensure you're on the right side of that? If it's a stakeholder, as we'd say in the past, of, of less importance, not that they're not important, but they have less influence, say, you know, some environmental NGO or other group or community that's concerned about what you're doing. Uh, that's one thing. If it's your major investor, that's a totally different story for the companies yeah. and they're paying attention, rightly or wrongly. I mean, they should have been paying, in my view, attention all along. But yeah. the investors coming into the game is 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 a uh, a welcome development. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so so let's say a, a company, and if you want to split it into new versus existing, that's fine. But let's say, okay, we know we need to do something. How do we set, how would a company, how does a company set up its 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 strategy, its corporate strategy? What's involved? So, you know, there's different ways to approach this, but in, in my view and my experience, the, the really crucial initial activity is understanding and awareness. So why is the concept of sustainable development important for the world and for business? As somebody said in the World Business Council for Sustainable Development a number of years ago, you can't have a sustainable business in an unsustainable world. 
So we're facing all these major challenges, whether it be water scarcity issues, climate change, ocean plastics, social inequality, global supply chains that impose all kinds of risks. We need to understand all of those issues at a deep enough level to really reflect on them and understand what it means Mm. for the value proposition of our company, right? And oftentimes I would say that companies kind of jump over this step or don't give it enough attention. And the reason I think it requires a lot of attention is because if you have that deep understanding and of awareness of, you know, what direction the world's going in and what it means for your company, then you're better able to identify the strategic position that you want to take and the priority issues that you want to address. And you're better able to communicate why it's important, the business value of doing this for the organization. And it's different because it's longer term thinking. You know, we're not talking looking out quarterly or yearly. We're talking about taking a look and we do an exercise with companies about, you know, looking into 2030, 2040. What's the world going to be like when we have that conversation and you're sort of outside the company for a bit? You start to talk about, well, you know, I think. I think carbon is going to be expensive, anything that's carbon intensive. I think that, you know, social unrest might be greater. I think that energy technologies are going to change dramatically. Having that sort of outside look allows you to come back and say in an informed way, what's that mean for the company? So that's, a, that's right. the first step that I think is really, really important. The, the second one is then, you know, kind of what do we do about all that? In addition to looking outside, you, you need to look at your own skills and capabilities and your managers and executive leadership team thinks about what the major risks and opportunity are given this awareness. Most companies do a exercise to really understand their external stakeholders and their perspectives on what's important. Mm-hmm. And they kind of marry okay. those two things. Okay. What do, what do our stakeholders care about? Whether that be employees, investors, supply chain, whatever. And what do we care about? And how does that relate to our business objectives? And what might we have to change? Right. So that strategic positioning calls into question, you know, existing mission values kinds of things. You know, do we need to make adjustments with respect to that? And. The material issues, the priority issues that are we've deemed to be important because we've looked at the world, we've looked at ourselves, we've listened to our stakeholders, we looked at technology trends, market trends, and now we have a, at least a a bit of a longer term plan on what we're going to address over the next you know three to five years kind of thing. Some yeah. people go at ten, some people go at twenty five, but it's hard to manage for twenty five years from now, so yeah. it's usually shorter. And, you know, I think it's important to, I always try to put information in front of people that's going to help them take a more leadership position on this, because I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in a bit of a crisis on some of these major issues. We're reaching planetary boundaries and uh, our systems are are struggling to survive, whether that be climate systems or water or fisheries or whatever. But not all companies do that. Some of them say, hey, we're not ready to be leaders yet. We don't have the skills and capabilities, but we want to be engaged on the issues. We want to talk to our suppliers to look for opportunities for innovation. We want to, uh, of course, address all our customer needs, but we want to use our knowledge to push innovation and, and look for opportunities to solve some of these problems. It depends on the sector they're in, of course. 
the example of that that uh, I wasn't involved in, but I thought was really well done in the past was GE's approach in the 2000s to their eco-imagination program. So they went out and talked to stakeholders all around the world, and they came back and they looked at their product portfolio. You know, they decided that their strategy should be to develop the technologies and services to help the world become more sustainable. So they focused on alternate energy, low carbon energy, wind, et cetera. They, they focused on health solutions because that's a major issue and, and financial solutions. But that's a cautionary tale because that was based on the vision of one CEO. And when he was gone, the yeah. uh, activity kind of stopped, you know? So that's, yeah. that's another consideration yeah. in, in strategy building is, you know, how are you going to hardwire it into the organization in such a way that, you know, it's not susceptible to the winds of change just because somebody hasn't thought about it as much. Yeah, I was going to ask, and you sort of now made me ponder the question I was going to ask, but I'm thinking about CEOs, certain strategic things like revenue, profitability, business viability. They're all, they're hands-on. Other strategies companies take on, they tend to push down in the organization or take a less active role. And, and then I was thinking of your major investor, right? That's certainly going to wake up a CEO. But are you seeing CEOs yeah. taking an active participation in this type of strategy around sustainability and, and you know, social and, and whatnot? Or by and large, are they delegating it down in the organization? What are, What are you seeing there? I think there's a mix. If you ask them what they believe, it's sort of asking somebody, you know, do you eat well and exercise properly? They all say yes. Yeah, right, you, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, these, yeah. these, these are important issues for the company. And there's lots of surveys that have been done by, you know, people like PricewaterhouseCoopers and KPMG and CEO surveys. It's a group called Globescan that also does some uh, surveying of this. And if you look at the results of those surveys over time, you see an increasing belief in importance, more percentage of CEOs that think this is crucial for the business, both for the bottom line and the top line, and for their contribution to society. When you get into the organization and you start to do the implementation, that's where you see some variation. And that's where this awareness building consciousness of what is really important for the company is critical. You need the CEO, you need the leadership teams, to get it. And I've seen some leadership teams incredibly embrace this and use it to drive activity within in the company. But I've also seen uh, leadership teams that, that are kind of playing lip service to it. Once they're presented with what needs to be done, uh, then all of a sudden, because they haven't taken the step to really understand and don't really get the business case, you know, the opportunities for efficiency, the opportunities for innovation, the opportunities for deeper relationships with customers and suppliers and better relationships with regulators. If they don't see that, they look at the implementation plan and what needs to be done at the first stage, which is a bit of an investment, and they balk, you know? Yeah. So that happens too. And sometimes, like I said, you get yeah. a change in leadership. One factor that a lot of people don't think about in the sustainability strategy is their HR systems. So not only the orientation and hiring of people, but also succession planning for executives. If you've decided that this issue of sustainability is core to your business strategy, you can't hire a new CEO without vetting for that. 
but that that's that yeah. happens right because there's a lot of other factors that go into that kind of decision yeah sure sure well are there metrics or kpis that that should be set and what would those look like to back up uh, your your sustainability strategy yeah yeah metrics is not an issue like we've got hundreds right <laughs> and there's all kinds of sustainability standards out there that are trying to define for organizations how they should be identifying what's important, how they should be measuring that, how they should be reporting it. And in some cases, there's very clearly defined, agreed upon, internationally agreed upon metrics. So Mm -hmm. if you look at an issue like climate change, it's pretty clear that we need to be measuring our contribution, our greenhouse gas contribution. But now as the issue evolves, it also is clear that we need to identify and report on our risks and how we're identifying those and managing those Mm -hmm. and how, Mm -hmm. because climate change is actually happening, how we adapt so that, you know, we don't have uh, problems within our business. If you look at things like waste and water, I mean, there's basic consumption and production numbers that you can look at. Trickier when you get into some of the social issues, rights, you know, that requires auditing and, and, some monitoring of suppliers and vetting and these sorts of things. But so some of the things that there's an actual clear metric and in other cases, it's a process for how you manage an issue. So you need to communicate Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. your investors or other stakeholders on the issue of human rights. Uh, Here's our policy. Here's how we discuss it with our suppliers. Here's how we audit, monitor performance. And because it's, you know, many companies have complicated supply chains. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, we have a monitoring program right. where we audit, yeah. audit percent, X percent players per year, that sort of thing. But you have to have that process in place. So, yeah, if you look, I've, I've got a benchmarking tool which has over 400 different business practices in it, uh, drawn from leading uh, environmental, social standards, governance, guidelines, these sorts of things. We actually, in my view, we almost pay too much attention to that. And we, huh. we need to pay more attention to implementation right. and get that okay. right. And the metrics yeah. will come. But, you know, that's where a lot of people start. And it can yeah. be beneficial. You know, they start, we, we need to develop a report. Well, what do we do? Well, we need a strategic position. Right. Well, we need to talk to people. Yeah. And it's a way to engage people in the company. But in my perspective, it's kind of the outcome as opposed to the initial Part of the sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about implementation. What are some of the change management aspects of executing such a strategy? Yeah, it, it's not unlike other challenges whenever you're re-engineering an organization or putting new procedures in place. And change is hard. You know, everybody's running very lean these days. So if yeah, you're asking right. them to integrate new information into their decision-making processes, they're often going to say, where are the resources for that? Give me another person. Give me a bit more money. So, you know, you have to engage the hearts and minds of these key holders of different functions in the organization. And you have to speak to them in language that matters to them. So, you know, if I'm in operations, I'm interested in efficiency and reducing costs and reducing my emissions and and use of resources to either get on the right side of regulation or or just to save money. If I'm in the supply chain function, 
I'm interested in risk and price of, of supply, right? And things like if I'm in marketing, I'm interested in brand and um, okay. reputation and right. these sorts of things. So yeah. as, as we go into the implementation phase and we identify the issues that need to be addressed, then we have to translate that into the functions that need to make the changes. And typically, companies will start to put kind of a programmatic area together on climate and energy or on a supply chain sustainability issues or whatever it might be. And when they do that, they need new information, which typically means better decision support tools. So if I'm doing a capital project, right? I'm yeah. typically making decisions based on a whole bunch of different criteria, technical criteria, cost criteria, et cetera. So how do I now uh, in an effective way bring environmental social data into that decision-making process? Well, I need some sort of tool that will allow me to compare options, for example, on how to do a project from not only a cost yeah. and technical perspective, but also from an environmental social perspective. So Correct. they need decision support tools. And that's the complaint I hear a lot in the people in this kind of operation side of the house. Where are the tools that will enable me to do this? And the good news is they're being developed and they're better all the time mm -hmm. over the last 20 years yeah. or so. And then they, the tools are, are as good as the data that goes into them right. and the process yeah. that is undertaken, right? In my company, I talk about smart people making good decisions. Well, if I'm going to look at the procurement process and I'm going to look at how to purchase more sustainable products, you know, I, I need better tools. I need total cost of ownership tools. I need tools to help me set priorities, to look at my spend, yeah. look at what portion of that spend is causing the most impact, um, these sorts of things. So the implementation, yeah. it's it's spit nitty gritty. You know, you're getting in there and you're trying. But, you know, I, my experience is when you get in with these groups, the only real resistance the most significant resistance is around resources. Mm, uh, okay. Because people like right. to work on this. If you, if you say, you sure. know, hey, we can do this in a better way. And I remember talking to a guy at Volvo years and years ago, and, and he was an engineer in Sweden. And he said, you know, I, I never was able to talk to my family really about what I do. They didn't care. But once we started looking at environmental issues and safety issues in more detail, I could come home and talk about that and my kids would actually be interested. <laughs> so, wow. you know, yeah. Well so said. If you yeah. can engage <laughs> if you can engage if you can engage people in the bigger picture as well as staying focused on what they have to do. Yeah. That's that's the magic. That's the secret sauce, right? Yeah, and you get then you get emotional buy-in, personal buy-in. They yeah. find a way to make it happen because they want to. Yeah. 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 And that, that is one thing that has certainly changed over the last decade or so is that the consciousness of people in all of these different functions in the companies around the importance of these issues is much, much higher than it used to be. Mm -hmm. that, that makes our job easier. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, Kevin, if you had to step back and, and say, well, how effective have companies been at achieving their sustainability strategy. Is it possible to make an assessment yet? I mean, of course, we're all aware of the things that go wrong, right? So right. that's what tends to get attention and press. And there certainly is, you know, people that have tried to do the right 
process and, and put the right tools in place and engage hearts and minds. And then, you know, things change in the organization and a mistake is made. They get a lot of bad press and they take a bit of a hit. You know, I'm thinking of Volkswagen with their emissions. Yeah, great uh, example. Debacle, right. right? You know, they were a leading company in the automotive industry in looking at environmental issues around the manufacturing of their cars and the materials that went into it and the efficiency of, we thought they were looking at efficiency of fuels, but they, well, they were doing yeah. something else, right? Yeah. So, you know, but for every one of those bad examples, there's companies that are moving the yardsticks. Part of the challenge within the sustainability community, if I can say it, that particularly people coming in from an environmental perspective, is they expect perfection almost, right? And we used to always say that people don't let the best be the enemy of the good. It is a journey. People will go up a learning curve. As they get further along, they'll expand how they think about things, and they will do deeper implementation and integration. Yeah. We need to support people doing that. And I, I think that it's easy to pick pick a bone of contention with people about certain practices, et cetera. But my view is that if they're moving in the right direction, I'm going to forgive some yeah. uh, laggardly behavior for leadership. So to, to go back to your initial question, I think it's a mixed bag. You know, I think that there's okay. companies out there that are haven't done the homework, are not uh, are saying things in public that they shouldn't be saying. They're just kind of window dressing. And that actually has probably gotten a little bit worse once the investors started to to get involved. Mm. Because okay. the investors, I have to say, for all I praise them getting in the game, they're not exactly the best at, at defining leadership performance, right? So I really think there's more work for the uh, people in the investment community to partner with sustainability experts and look at what real leadership looks like. That window dressing is allowed to happen when you have a yeah. poor analysis with a not quite yeah. structured approach, right? Let's but you know, for every one of those and that uh, them, there's so many new companies coming up that you know this is a core value from the start, right? They're trying to develop technologies that are more sustainable from the get go. So it's automatically built into their values. Uh, not to say they can't make mistakes as well, but there's more and more of those companies because we've got real crisis to deal with. We, you know, we need to yeah. shift to lower carbon intensive energy technologies. We need to solve the plastics crisis. We need to ensure, you know, fair wages and good working conditions in uh, all these countries we're now producing products in. So I think the entrepreneurs of, of the 21st century, like the rest of it, I think most of them are get this. Yeah, for sure. I would agree. I would agree. Well, Kevin, it's been a fun conversation. What did we miss? Yeah, I think when you asked about implementation, you know, what that looks like, we could talk a little bit more about that. It look, you know, it's it's detailed implementation plans for each priority area that you've identified. So, you know, we've we've done our look at the world, we've done our strategy, uh, we've identified our material topics, the priorities. Now, what do we do about them? So if it's energy and climate, you know, who's accountable in the organization? What are the specific objectives uh, that we want to achieve within this space? What training yeah. and communication is required? What resources do we have available to us? What is the specific business case for this area? Like how, what's the value of it? 
And I think that communication of the value, because it's such a big subject area, is something that, that needs to be very clear, right? Did some work with, with Alcoa many years ago, and, and they, they had honed it down to just a couple of very clear sentences about, if we do this right, we're going to align our values with society's values. Yeah. If we do this right, we're going to make better decisions. Yeah, we're going to make better decisions, right? We're going to improve our decision-making processes. Now, they didn't, yeah. Yeah. you know, go and elaborate that, but they knew from the way they'd structured things that they were breaking down silos in the organization. They're getting people to talk to each other more, and they're talking to their stakeholders more. So, yeah, somebody, you know, you think you'll make a better decision if you have more information on social environmental governance issues as well as cost and yeah. finance yeah. issues. Uh-huh. Well, of course you will. Of course you will. And the question is, you know, have I set the company up to have the time to do that? Or am yeah. I driving yeah. people so hard that and I'm not giving yeah. them the, the resources? So, you know, if, you, if you're going to get change in an organization, you know, you, you've got to have the strategy incentives. You've got to have skills. You've got to have an action plan and you have to have uh, a way to measure performance in that. That's not me speaking. That's change management experts that I've read over yeah. the years. Right. So, you know, if you, if you take away skills, you're going to get frustration, right? People are going to, they told me where to go, but I don't know how to get there kind of, kind of attitude. Yeah. So right. I think that process change management aspect of all this is something that requires a lot of thought and attention. It's sometimes hard for people not to want to jump ahead and not give that its due. But, you know, if you want deep, lasting, meaningful change, and uh, you've got to have the right process, right types of engagement, a good framework that you can put in front of people. You know, here's here's yeah. here's our strategy. Here's our how we're integrating the management systems. Here's our our programs that we're going to focus on. Here's how we're going to help you make better decisions. And here's the data and information we want from you. You know, here's the kudos we're going to get by reporting it all out to the right. There you go. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad I asked the question because that was a great additional layer of discussion and, and I think a great way to sum up what we've been talking about. Really appreciate that. Kevin, yeah. keep keep going, keep teaching, preaching, advising, keep doing what you're doing because it's it's a very uh, important, probably it's sometimes very frustrating, but hopefully sometimes very rewarding uh, work and I sure appreciate you doing that. Yeah, as I, as I say, Paul, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> you there <know>? you go. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it's it to be serious for a moment, it is becoming extremely important. And, you know, we've yeah. got a short window to make some serious changes to avoid some disastrous results. And, you know, we're already seeing on the edges some of the the implications of global weather events driven by a warming climate and uh we're, of course, seeing the incredible pollution from ocean plastics and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and we also are creating social inequalities that will geopolitically may come back to haunt us. So it's good work. More people need to be doing it. All hands on deck. And if anybody wants to contact me and, and discuss more details, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Great. We'll make sure we have the links in the show notes so people can contact you and can follow you, Kevin. So thanks for stopping in. 
Thanks for sharing your no your your knowledge and wisdom and experience and perspective. It's uh, I'm very grateful that you you did that for us and. Let's do keep in touch, Kevin. Yes, Paul. Thanks again. And uh, thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoyed that fun discussion with Kevin, just like the last one was earlier uh, this year. So uh, it's really great to talk to somebody who is, is out there and in tune and in touch. So take care, everybody. Hope you have a great week ahead. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.